Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Um, Jeffrey! Jeffrey! Jeff. Okay. Hello. It's spooky season, Jeff. I swear to God, I, oh, I'm so excited. I don't know what it is. I, the the weather just turned cool. Yeah. And I am just like, I'm wearing jeans and I'm happy. The AC's not on. It's going to be 104 windows this open. week. Don't tell me Sorry. That. No, it really is. Like, it's going to be Don't. like 96 to 104 this week. I ordered a sweater. I know. I I wore a blazer, a plaid blazer. I felt so oh, autumnal. That's beautiful. Was... Autumn in New York. Is there anything better? <sighs> yeah, I definitely found, I pulled my sweaters out of storage this week. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, God, mm-hmm. that is the most middle-aged thing I've ever said. I pulled my sweaters out of storage. I checked them from off. I unpopped the Ziploc <laughs> vacuum ridiculous. seal bag. It's true. I do. I keep them in space bags. That's what's up. <laughs> I, I knew this about you. I, I didn't have, know this, but I knew this. <laughs> I have a festive uh, sweater. It's gray, and it has a corgi wearing a scarf. And the corgi has te- textured fur, so he looks fuzzy. I didn't know you. I, why have you never worn this around me? I, I don't know. It wasn't special enough, I guess. Jen, I'm not even wearing pants right now. Like, you are so lucky that we are in different rooms because my Labor Day resolution was <laughs> not to wear pants. Good. I'm happy that you are living your truth. Um, yeah. We are recording this on Labor Day Bur. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Labor Day <Bur. laughs> That is another. Oh, speaking of the early odds. <laughs> Which we are cutting out. Apparently. Yeah, we are definitely not telling people about our cringe Kate, fest before this. Kate doesn't want to admit to everyone how cringy we were in the early aughts, but Whoa, I am allowed... Oh, speak for yourself. I at least had the decency to be into pop punk. I am a loud and proud supporter of the early days of Flash uh, animation, Homestar Runner 5 ever. <laughs> okay, so I see your Homestar Runner and I raise you the slightly lower brow, but arguably funnier Joe Cartoon. I don't know that one. Oh my god! Oh my god! Joe Cartoon was brilliant. Joe Cartoon okay. had uh, it like it was like an interactive, clickable um, cartoons. So you would watch mm-hmm. one like gerbil in a blender, and then you got to click, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. gerbil would have like, you know, as things got faster, and you click up the blender thing, the gerbil will start cussing you out, like, "All right, man, real fucking funny, man." <laughs> And it was okay, really I think fucking I, I funny. I think I remember hearing about Gerbil in a Blender. Yeah, but I don't I think I actually saw it. Joe Cartoon. I don't really think I ever advanced past Joe Cartoon in cool. terms of what is hilarious to me. No, Homestar Runner, I stand by. I think it holds up. It does. Um, it was a fucking classic of the early internet age. Um, all you Gen Zers have no idea, but it's on YouTube, and that's a weird concept for me to think about. Yeah. Um, Early internet was so great. Um, super glad we were not making a podcast back then, though, because, like, I don't want that version of myself in... Oh, God. Right? Oh. Like, available. Oh. We would not probably oh. be friends. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, I basically stopped being a 13-year-old boy when I was a Ever? 24-year-old woman. <laughs> like, maybe. I don't know. You're right. I haven't truly matured. And I don't intend to. Yeah, and I was just a complete dork who didn't really leave her house ever, so 
I think we're all glad that time has passed. Yeah. I'm happy to be in my 30s. <laughs> yeah. 30 and flirty and fl- thriving, baby. 30 flirty and thriving, baby. Um, so <laughs> that's enough banter. Let's get into it. But, okay. So listen, banter aside, we've got some fucking shit to talk about today. We've got some shit to talk about. But I am, first of all, I do want to recognize that we are back from we're- our summer hiatus. I feel refreshed. Yeah. I feel on fire uh pun not intended uh you'll, <laughs> oh you'll see. no um i i just feel i felt like like invigorated to like do tackle this i was just like yeah i do miss this and i think we do we feel this every year and that's folks that's why we take a break because i, I will be honest by the end of every season we're like fuck man i don't know anymore right, like <laughs> i feel like by the end of every season i'm like there's no more ideas we've covered everything yes we've done and then it. and then we just rest we go in our cocoon um <laughs> over the summer yeah and then we come back ready to go whole with... page full of ideas ready to roll yeah good content for spooky season good soup good soup that's what it's all about <laughs> yeah so it's spooky season i'm ready to roll uh but this is the last day of summer Spooky season officially starts tomorrow, officially oh. speaking. So Labor Day weekend. It starts the second September begins. That's I mean, there is I... also that. I agree with that statement. Um, if it were up to me, Easter and Valentine's Day would just be secondary and tertiary Halloweens. So okay, here's my plan for holidays. I think um, I think Christmas should be in February. Yeah, because it comes too early in the winter. Yeah. It's not like it, it just mm-hmm. happens and then there's nothing else to look forward to except so what for the we do slow drag of time. Is we can have New Year, I don't I mean New Year's going to be where it is, but I think we should we should move Christmas to replace Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day right out. We don't need we it. We don't need it. Nobody likes it. It's too much pressure. It's fuck off. Easter it can stay where it is too. I don't care. But like Okay, but Easter I think needs a whole ass revision yes first off i have some notes for easter uh i want the food around easter to improve jewish people get lots eggs can stay eggs can yeah, stay yeah eggs can stay never never did an egg hurt anybody except a vegan and so uh we were so close to just going right into our topic and now we're just taking a hard turn listen listen we have denied people the glory of our banter we are for we're three edgy whole you with our content <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, no, for real. Uh, so Easter needs an upgrade. Uh, Easter needs more costumes. It needs more candy. Well, no, actually, it's candy is just about right. Easter has enough candy. It needs um, fewer Bibles. Fewer jelly beans, I'll say that. It is jelly I know, bean season. I, you do I know I do this. love a jelly bean. I know you love jelly beans, and I wanted to hurt you because I hate jelly beans. I don't understand that. What did jelly beans I hate jelly beans. Like, I, I don't like um, candy corn either, so <gasps> fight me. Fine, it's more not, for me. It's, it's not fine. good. It's bottom tier candy. I and super I think fucking love candy corn. I enjoy eating it flavor by flavor level. There's no flavor. It's just all paste. I love it. Sugar I also wax. love a mallow pumpkin. Like the little candy corn pumpkins. Love them. Love them. No. I'm sorry, Jen, that you're wrong. No. It's no. fine. More for me. Um, you were there. I mean, you... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Try to, I don't try know. to come There's at me with my trash opinions. You and I, drink a lot of coffee for a person who thinks things are good versus bad. <laughs> Coffee's disgusting. 
Listen, there are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. All right. Admittedly, I admit, I admit I'm in the minority. Uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> but if something is an acquired taste, that just means it's bad. You're not always wrong. I know. You're not always wrong on that. Um, but I do also love dry wine, so there you go. I think I don't have as big a sweet tooth as some people. I love savory things. I don't know if I like dry wine. I don't remember the last you time. You like sweet wine. wine. You like sweet wine. Okay. I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> because every time I've had wine that you picked out, it's <laughs> it's been Kool-Aid. When did I pick out wine, though? A long time ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not a big wine drinker. <laughs> yeah. I like cider. <laughs> Probably because yeah, it's fair. sweet. Fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, can we fucking get to the subject? God, Jen, you're always sidetracking us. Um, yeah, so this is the beginning. This is how we're kicking off season six. This is, we're right? Am I right? In yeah, it's season of... fucking six. We have been at this since October of 2016. We are just about to jump the shark if you go by TV rules. Like, this is, like, maybe our peak season. And then after that, it's just over and derivative. So uh, we better make the most of it. <laughs> So we're starting episode. We're starting season six, and I we had this realization um, as we were getting ready for this that I've never talked about one of the things in history that I'm very passionate about, and I'm not really sure where this passion came from, except for maybe the Dear America books, probably that. Um, but we've never talked about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire, <laughs> which which we I should have like because it's is, a fucking tragedy fucking tragedy but also it's like one of those things where like it's like this secret thing that like a lot like if you're interested in history like a lot of people like at least know about the shirtwaist factory fire and like you might not know everything about it but like everyone knows it and so you can kind of like name check it like ah yes the library of alexandria and the the triangle shirtwaist factory fire (laughs) so i think it's terrible events both terrible events Terrible tragedies, but something that all historians are like, aha, yes. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, it's about fucking time we looked into this. I We didn't even think about the fact that we were recording this on Labor Day. Labor Day. On Labor Day. It's a sign, man. It's about to get real fucking relevant, let me tell you. Oh. Because, like, okay, I will tell you what I knew about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. A, really fun to say. I think that's also why a lot of people like it. Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Um, and I just, you know, that is fire. surprisingly lighthearted, Jeff. <laughs> Leave it to me to try to laugh through. You know, fun things tragedy. to say, like scare rinky dinky dink instead of I love you. And also Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Christ, Jeffrey. One I... of these things is not like the other. I have I have a weird sense of what's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. So fun to say. I I actually I don't disagree. Fun to say. Um, like uh, I, serial killers with three names. You know. Just yeah. Better. John Wayne Gacy Jr. Uh, <laughs> just better. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just you know it's like early 1900s. It gets you right in those like ooh early and well not early. It's like late industrial honestly. Um, but like you you've got like women and crazy up dudes and like old new york and all that stuff and it just feels like kind of romantic in a way yeah it's Um, just far enough away in time that you can understand it but Mm -hmm. not so far away that you lose the context for feeling like these people were real people 
Yeah, I think, honestly, it hits me in the same places that Titanic hits me. Where it's like... And I believe fairly close, like within... One year apart. Ah, one year apart. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh. so same time period. And it's just like far enough away that you can study it with intense interest without it feeling like too much of a bummer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I also think, and I maybe this is just us, I don't mm-hmm. know if... Maybe this is a universal feeling or if you and I are freaks, but I know you well enough to know that you feel the same way as me on this. Mm-hmm. Righteous indignation for me is basically my reason to get out of bed in the morning. Like, <laughs> you know what keeps me going and what makes it's like the rage that I Spite. have that other people are <laughs> fucking dicks and I yeah. won't have it. Uh, and so, yeah, there is a lot to be indignant about with the triangle shows yeah. factory fire i think also similar to titanic you're just like this is a fucking tragedy and you could like see it coming a mile away and just be like no yep. and it just it just makes you feel like god i wish i could go back and just shake everyone yes. <laughs> involved <laughs> yes absolutely um mm-hmm. man i am so excited that we were so on the nose um so we are actually doing this as a two-part episode and oh yeah my, Surprise! <laughs> my tragedy uh, is also tragedy. 1913. Uh, so oh, wow. it's we are we just are, fucking we're killing bookending. it. <laughs> yes, bookending Titanic as always. As always. <laughs> uh, so my event is going to be we're going to be looking at an event that happened in Michigan in 1913. For some people uh-huh. who know Michigan history, that's enough. They already know what it is. But a lot of other people won't. Uh, you guys are going to have to wait for episode two for that. I would not know that. Um, that's okay. So it's, I am well. Yeah. I'm very excited. Even though I was effectively raised entirely in Michigan for my en- entire education, this mm-hmm. is not a story I learned until 2017. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's very easy to miss this story. Um, but that's a teaser for next time. Mm-hmm. So for today, though, yep. we're talking about the we Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. We didn't set out to make this a two-parter, but we just got, like, I, I was, like, messaging Kate, like, I am, like, four pages into this, and I haven't even gotten to the fire yet. Um. And then I sat down with somebody who's kind of the, um, the preeminent voice about my disaster, mm. and mm-hmm. we had such a great conversation, and it was so on the point. There was so much great information. I didn't know what to cut to, like, bring it down yeah. to be half an episode, yeah. so I was like, uh, mm, two episodes now. Yeah, yeah. And we're not we're not trying to pull Joe Rogan shit and like be five hours long because Ugh. nobody's got time for that. And I know I hear you at home being like, Oh no, it'd be fine. No. Trust me on this. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into it. Absolutely. <laughs> or else this will still be five hours long. Um <laughs> so first of all I wanna I wanna name check my sources because there are a lot of great sources on this. I'm sure I've missed a lot of great ones too, but um I I read through um, an article from National Geographic, How Tragedy Transformed Protections for American Workers. Um, The National Park Service has a page on it. Um, The Smithsonian Magazine has an article called Uncovering the History of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Um, And then uh, it's written about in the NYU website. Um, And do, 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 of course, NYC Ghosts. Uh, Brown Building Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. <laughs> um, and also uh, key, uh, from the website Key Events in Labor History from AFLCIO.org. Awesome. So, <clears throat> 
So uh, I found out where the Triangle Sherwoods Factory was because that's one thing that I didn't really know. Um, it was um, located only on the 8th through 10th floors of the Ash Building. So it wasn't in an entire building. It was just three the three top floors of this building. Um, it is now called the Brown Building and is part of um, New York University. Um, so it's located right by Washington Square Park um, in Greenwich Village. Um, so any of you have seen like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you know, that big arch in the park, you know, that's that's the area that we're talking about. Although that arch wasn't there during the, the Triangle Shirtwaist times, right? Yeah, but like if you want to go visit it. Yes, that's I how you would find oh, it today. Another thing, they're not like open to the public for tours because it is just uh part of the university campus so so you can only look at it from the outside yeah and and if you went inside there's not really anything historical to look at i mean there's a few i'll get into it um but anyway it's not a museum or anything um so the fact uh, the triangle shirtwaist factory um it was owned by isaac harris and max blank um or i have i think i have it spelled differently blanc i don't know um they were uh russian jewish immigrants um they were also known as the shirtwaist kings um so they they founded the triangle shirtwaist company in 1900 um shirtwaist if you don't know what they are um i didn't for a long time it's a weird word um they are, if you think of the classic, like, women's fashion of the 1890s and early 1900s, it's that white, high-necked blouse that's, like, you know, billowy and gauzy. Gibson. And then they were, and yeah, the Gibson girl look when they wear it with, like, a dark wool skirt. That's a shirtwaist. Um, so they were, like, one of the first, like, real mass-produced um, cross-class like cross social class um, fashion crazes uh, because it was easy to mass manufacture them because they're you know adjustable and you can put it over like clothing before then it was so highly tailored that if you were you know rich you know you would just have your dressmaker make you dresses and if you were poor you would make them yourselves um, so the industrial era is when we start getting like clothes that you can buy pre-made off the rack um and that's where that starts and shirtwaists are an easy thing to make um that you can adjust to whatever body shape you have right. i mean it basically um, has the same cut as a chemise but with puffy sleeves yeah and you wear it over yeah everything yeah um I saw something that was like, oh, instead of wearing corsets, they were wearing shirtwaists. No, 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 no. No, sir. The shirtwaist was wearing... underneath. Or the like... corset was underneath. <laughs> corset is your bra. Yeah. <laughs> shirtwaist is your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you see people running around with their corset on the outside of their clothes, it meant that they were a, say it with me now, sex worker. Yeah. Well, or not all the time. If you're in the 18th century, <laughs> then... Then you could just be a working woman in the field and in the summer. I suppose, I, yeah. I'm not really 100% sure on the rules on that. It makes Don't me think me of um, historical costumers. Like the the women who would be working in like Wild West saloons. Of course, it's on the outside. Yeah. Okay. Uh, petty pullover. Um, but like uh, the scene in uh, Westworld where like Dolores is like out painting in the country with just her corset showing and you're I'm like why would you and like people come up to her and are like talking to her you might not remember this scene but I, I do it's burned in my brain from season one she's just like 
she just takes off her like jacket and she's just out there with her like corset and her like little shift and you're like, like that's, that's not your a thing. underwear you done that. <laughs> that's your underwear anyway that's beside the point yeah that's what so we were talking about shirtwaist um <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. Um, so uh, this is this is um, this factory, the shirtwaist factory, is uh, what we would think of as a sweatshop, um, and you know that was kind of a newer thing at the time. Um, labor used to be very different, <laughs> um, even like forced labor, like not not like. Um, American chattel slavery, racial chattel slavery, that was obviously horrific. But, like, even dating back to, like, Egyptians, like, building the pyramids and, and like, Roman slaves and stuff like that, like, work, working class people used to have, like, a lot more days off <laughs> than we do now. Yeah. Even today. Certainly today. Um, in America. Yeah. Uh, and that was, like, the case going, like... For all of time, uh, people had a lot of festival days off. They would work for, like, four or five hours a day. Um, You know, even, like, in service, people had a lot more days off. Um, Where that starts to change and you see the horrific working conditions that the labor movement fought against is industrial factories. That's where we get, you know, 15-hour work days, seven days a week or, like, six days a week and, you know all that stuff. So this is, this is what we're thinking, what we're talking about when we're talking about industrialized sweatshops. Um, so the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, uh, most of the workers were young women, um, some were as young as 14. Um, most were immigrants, um, and they weren't all from the same country. I think there was a lot of Yiddish speaking women, a lot of Italians. Um, you know, it's New York, it's, uh, industrial, uh, height of Ellis Island, New York. Uh, people are speaking a bunch of different languages and not always able to understand each other. Um, they worked 13-hour days, seven days a week, um, and they were discouraged from taking bathroom and lunch breaks and punished for talking, singing, or pausing their work. Um, and compared to this to what we know of, like, uh, like women used to work together making clothes before sweatshops. Uh, like there's a classic scene in Outlander if you've if you have seen it where women are you know working together to work wool and that's a classic thing they did in Scotland to like make it waterproof and or water resistant and all that stuff. And they're getting together and they're having fun and they're talking and they're singing working songs to like get them to be on rhythm and all that stuff. And it's just a much more like uh, community based fun thing and it's like we're all pitching in this is not that because they just want to squeeze all the productivity out of these poor women classic mm-hmm. um they oh i what i said about the the they didn't they wanted to discourage bathroom breaks the bathroom w- was not in the building they had to leave the building to go to the bathroom walk down presumably eight nine flights of stairs go to the bathroom and then come all the way back up Jesus so that's probably Christ. yeah And so it probably took a long time. And so they were like, oh, we don't want you doing that because it takes a long time. So they would lock the doors um, and you had to ask permission to go to the bathroom. And they didn't want any unauthorized breaks. And, uh, you know, wave your red flag if you see an issue with that. Um, (laughs) So they they were paid about $6 a week um, or 
four dollars i don't know different sources said different things um but it was not a lot of money um considering how many hours they're working i think it works out to be about four dollars an hour in today's money which is you can't live on that not good and also still only half of what the federal minimum wage is here <laughs> more than half actually if yeah, you want to make true. if you want to really feel sad because the federal about... minimum wage is 725 right now right mm-hmm. cool 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 yeah cool, 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 yeah cool, 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 cool. yeah things have not gotten that much better people um, yeah. um actually <laughs> this... i just want to take a quick little sidebar and i promise i will make yeah, this yeah. fast uh we have a lot of listeners who are international listeners and i think that's wonderful but i do want to make it yeah. really clear that even though the american government has a great deal of like power and like, you know, can go and ruin an entire country. The average mm. American does not. So like, <laughs> I'm not saying like, oh, stop making jokes about dumb Americans. Like, you're there right. are dumb Americans <laughs> for sure. We right. see them on TikTok all the time. For sure. But like, there's also not dumb Americans. Well, and on and... top of that, the American worker is mo- many, maybe not most, but many Americans are living in worse than third world conditions. Uh, There are whole cities in America that do not have access to clean water. And Mm. forget about like, you know, everybody in Europe gets this and such many paydays and contracts to protect from being fired. That doesn't exist Mm. in America. We don't have those protections. And so Mm. uh, when you ask like, well, why aren't Americans taking to the streets? (laughs) Because we get killed. Well, first of all, we have and we do, but also, like, it doesn't historically get us much, yeah. as you will see. Um, and uh, and also, uh, the really shitty part is, like, those, you know, dumb Americans that we all make fun of are just, like, we're all brainwashed yeah. from an early age to think that this is the best we can expect. And there's so many people who just take that and accept it and think that anyone who fights against it is crazy entitled yeah and and asking for too much and and you don't deserve that these billionaires worked hard for what they got and and 100 percent believe it because they don't because that's what we are taught in schools and that is disgusting and wrong and at the same time i can't blame people too much for parroting that because they have never learned anything different absolutely Americans are victims of America just as much as anybody else's. And we also victimize others. Yeah. Like, it's just this vicious cycle. It really and is. So it it's really is. just... Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, so, labor in America fucking sucks. It really does. And uh, we're telling you all about it. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as everything sucks back in the early 1900s, like, a lot of it has changed. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it hasn't. Yep. And that's scary. Yep. Um, so, uh, okay. So every every win that we have gotten in the labor movement has been just fought tooth and nail and with blood. Yep. Um, so and we're going to tell you all about it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, they were paid like about $4 an hour in today's money. Um, they had to also use their own supplies many times. Um, their own needles, thread, irons, occasionally their own sewing machines, which is 
not okay. <laughs> um, that is something that has changed for the most part is that people, like businesses are expected to provide their employees with the tools they need to do the job. I'll tell you though, like, sometimes they just don't. Sometimes they don't. I still, operated yeah. uh, as the um, mm-hmm. educator for the Tri-Cities Historical Museum without a computer for three years. That's yeah. I, I used my private email like, I still keep in touch with uh, some of my teacher friends because they have my email from college. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to get caught, but, like, uh, nonprofits are not much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yep. uh, I will just... There's a lot of issues. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. It's just not good working conditions. Um, it was... The triangle... Uh, Shirtwaist Factory was considered modern for the time, but it was still really shitty conditions. There were fabric scraps littering the floor, rooms were overcrowded, um, there would just be long rows of wooden tables lining the room with women over their sewing machines, so like, you got only so many avenues you can go through. Um, stop me if you're uh, taking, you know, waving your w- red flags again. Um, uh, there was one fire escape that led to an internal courtyard uh, and didn't touch the ground. Um, great. Super great. There, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there were no fire extinguishers. Um, and there were like fire safety systems that existed at the time, but it was not mandated that they had to have them in the workplace. And so many factories did not have any like fire safety anything so like no extingu- <laughs> like fire extinguishers did exist back then did- yeah there were there they existed there were none in the factory they had like a couple buckets of water cool cool and it's like okay put your capitalist like hat on for a second and think like even the meanest thoughts you can have about your workers like wouldn't you at least want to ensure and protect your assets of like your product you know do you mean like, like just the sewing machines or do you mean like the humans who are trained I mean, like, to make the things? the shirt waist they're making like all of that fabric yes. all of your raw materials you know like yeah even the shrewdest capitalist you would think would want to be a little smarter about that but that just wasn't wasn't their priority there was not any thought about like this is what this is smart or like let's protect our workers or like liability or anything right um yeah yeah (laughs) and and i'm saying all this stuff knowing full well that like and we'll get into this at the end we'll we'll bring it to current day but like think about amazon yep (laughs) It's still fucking happening. Absolutely, it is. Uh, just a different way. Um, so yeah, this this is I'm gonna get real aggro. <laughs> in this episode. Yo, if you're not mad, then you're not paying attention. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's like we were saying. On the one hand, it's easy to be like, oh, this was in the past. Oh, this is Titanic era. But it's the fact that there's still this kind of bullshit happening all the time and we're just talking in america too like we're not even talking about like or at least i'm not even talking about like international sweatshops right. that are still happening today uh, anyway <clears throat> so uh yeah well like i said the doors were locked to prevent women from taking breaks um 
so this what like it's not like um, everyone was satisfied with this. Like, people knew it fucking sucked. Um, but, like, today, uh, they felt, like, a lot of people felt like they just didn't have the power to speak up. Like, they had even fewer rights than we have today. And a lot of them couldn't even communicate with each other to organize. Like, you know, there's just so many issues. Um, but there were um, there were labor movements back then. There were unions back then. And um, there was a strike. There was a, a garment factory strike in the fall of 1909, um, which the the workers at the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory were involved in. Um, so it's not like the people weren't trying to change things. Like they were very aware that this was a problem, and they were trying very hard to fix it. Um, so seamstresses were um, increasingly being made to work longer hours for less money. Um, so on November 22nd, uh, 1909, um, the local 25, uh, I'm not really sure 100% on the wording of this or like how this is organized, but local 25, I believe is a chapter of the International Ladies Garment Workers Union or the I- ILGWU. Um, they met to discuss a strike, um, and like thousands of workers showed up. Um, to talk about this because it was a very real big issue. Um, speakers um, were mostly men and uh, they like spoke for like two hours and they cautioned women against striking and and these are like men in the labor movement yeah. too so like sexism is still a thing too. Yep. even even within the labor movement even within socialist movements yeah. like just because you are on the left you are not exempt from all types of shittiness like once racism, again sexism like across the idea ableism that if your movement is not intersectional it's crap mm-hmm. yes and that includes race gender sexual orientation uh ability uh, all of those things you know it just mm. if it's not intersectional (laughs) it's crap and we are trying our best yeah (laughs) us we are not perfect and we are trying our best and we're speak for yourself i'm perfect but (laughs) (laughs) i'm not but i wish i was Um, someday if you try hard yeah (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this meeting is going on uh, for a long time, and this uh, and this is 1909, right? We are 1909. five years before, four years before the fire. Somebody do math at me. Two years. Two years. Two years. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Clara Lemlich, a uh, 19-year-old woman who was one of the founders of the local 25, uh, was in the audience, and she, uh, <laughs> I, I wrote, she got sick of hearing bullshit. Uh, so she, she made her way to the stage shouting, I want to say a few words in Yiddish, <laughs> um, which was very cool. Uh, she got to the podium and she she starts speaking and but she says very few where she says i have no further patience for talk as i am one of those who feels and suffers from the things pictured i move that we go on a general strike now and they just fucking the audience cheered and they voted for a strike nice hell yeah done that is that is some <laughs> boss bitch energy yeah she girl buzz just close enough to the side yeah uh, so the next morning, uh, more than 15,000 shirtwaist makers from across the city walk off the job. Nice. Yeah, you love to they, see it. You truly do love to see it. They were demanding a 20% pay raise, a 52-hour work week, 
They were demanding like, a 52 hour. They were, they were like, guys, demanding. let's talk reasonableness. A 52 hour work week. Mm-hmm. I will just add that there have been studies that the ideal um, work week is probably about 30 hours. That makes sense. Um, and productivity actually increases when you don't like. I believe Iceland just did a national study of that where they reduced their work week from five days a week to four days a week. I think it's one of the Scandinavian, like, I think it's one of Sweden and Norway. Oh, okay. Honestly, they're all the same to me. (laughs) Yeah, Sweden, Norway, you know, ex Viking nations. Uh, It's one of those. And they did, yeah, they found huge productivity increases. People were generally healthier, better rested, better able to do their job and make split second decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's kind of amazing when you take care of people, people yeah. do the jobs. And there's no loss in productivity. In fact, there's an increase of it. So there's like literally no reason to not do this. Cool. Um, so it's just fucking wanting to punish people and, and the Protestant work ethic. And I hate it so much. Um, <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, they were yeah they were demanding a fifty two hour work week and overtime pay for over fifty two hours. Um, so at this very reasonable uh, demands, uh, the next day over twenty thousand workers from over from five hundred factories walked out. Nice. Um, yeah, and they they're you know they're picketing and they're doing all that Did stuff. Do they have support um, from other unions? Do you know, like non garment? I don't know. Because that's one of the things you find with a good labor union strike is that other unionized workers will support Mm -hmm. that strike. So, for example, um, there was a strike of Hilton Hotels um, for labor dispute. And uh, the IOC Mm -hmm. would not hold their annual gala that they had been planning for nine months at Hilton Chicago Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they don't cross a picket line. And that is solidarity. Yeah, working class solidarity is like one of the most powerful forces in the world. Yes. Um, and if we could just harness that energy and work together, we would solve a lot of our own problems. Um, and that's also historically why racism is encouraged in society is because it keeps working class people fighting with each other. Yep. <laughs> Word. Yep. Sorry. So, okay. fifty-two hour work week. What's up? What else? Yeah, so um, so more than 70 of the smaller factories agreed to the union's demands within the first 48 hours um, because they're like, fuck, okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's an intense uh, blow to your profits when workers are just like, no. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory was not one of them. Um, they, in fact, met with 20 of the largest factories and formed a manufacturing association um, to work together against the strike. Uh, they got p- the police on their side. Uh, the one union we will never support, ACAB, um, <laughs> who they, the police started arresting strikers um, because uh, they uh, support the interests of the... Proletariat. <clears throat> no, yeah, I'm sorry, the, the bourgeoisie. The, yeah. Yeah, they... So... Police exist to protect capital. Uh, Mm -hmm. They protect moneyed interests and property. They do not protect people. They are actually legally exempt from having to protect people, which was recently uh, reinforced with a federal state of the union court case. They are not Mm. there to serve and protect. 
Now, the individual yeah. police officer, they are... individual police officers might be great people. Yes. But the institution that they work for is fundamentally flawed. Yes. Exactly. <sighs> so, <laughs> everyone listening is like, wow, they got real radical yeah. over the break. No, we've been this radical. We were just hiding yeah, it from all. We're just, yeah, we're just, we just, you just didn't get us on the right topic. Um, thousand yard stare um okay <laughs> so um yeah judges uh gave out fines to strikers and sentenced some to labor camps gross which is insane and awful um they also the the manufacturing association also hired thugs to beat up strikers yep. which i will like in and not to be like oh they punched a woman but like these are mostly women right <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's not great. Um, so the strike caught the attention of wealthy suffragists like Anne Morgan, who is the, the daughter of JP Morgan and Alva Belmont. Um, and they raised money to bail out strikers and arranged rallies, um, which was super helpful. Um, and you know, good when like you can be a little intersectional like that. Mm -hmm. I think they saw that like yeah working women are work are women too and would also like to vote um yeah so uh the the strike gained momentum and um uh even the replacement workers at the triangle factory joined the strike also known which as scabs shut, scabs yes um uh which completely shut the factory down um and so a month into the strike um, factory owners saw that they were losing public favor and they came to the table to negotiate. Um, they agreed to higher pay and shorter hours, but they refused to discuss um, what was called a closed shop where factories would only hire union members and treat union and non-union members equally in hiring and pay decisions. So just um, cut the teeth out of the union like the entire state of Michigan did. Michigan's a right-to-work oh yeah. state. Yeah. Which means that yeah. they are an anti-union state. Yeah. Which is, like, historically not Michigan. <laughs> like, You're right. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a recent issue. Um, do, 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 do. Um, yeah, so after a series of meetings, thousands of strikers voted to reject the proposal, um, insisting on a closed shop. Um, this is where they lost the support of the rich progressive women uh, because uh, class loyalty and also because they're like, oh, but can't you just go back there? You know, can't you just sometimes, go do the work? Sometimes progressives be shitty and they're just like, we'll support you, but not all the time. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but finally, in February of 1910, the strike was finally settled. Um, unfortunately, they did not get the closed shop um, stipulation. So, great. Yep. Um, but I think people were just kind of like, okay, we need to get paid. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, that's genuinely, mm -hmm. America has very few, even today, very few social protections. There is no social safety net. So if mm -hmm. you are, if you are striking, if you are taking your workers' power, and you're mm -hmm. striking, you are agreeing to do whatever you can to live as long as possible without income. Yeah. Because that's your bargaining chip. Yep. And that's not a small ask. That's a big deal. No. Mm -hmm. 
And also, heaven help you if you have any medical issue, because <laughs> yep. this is America. Uh, if you get sick, you are in debt forever. Well, yes. And uh, the fact that we don't have socialized medicine, our, our health care is tied to full-time employment, mm-hmm. is not an accident. <laughs> I wish I could have quit oh. last year, but I can't yeah. because dialysis in America... With my dope insurance, I have great insurance through my job, particularly Mm. great insurance. Still $2,000 a month. Without insurance, dialysis, which I remind you, I don't do for funsies. Dialysis is not optional. I do it to keep myself alive. Yeah. $90,000 a month. Who could afford that? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody can afford that. Like, it's just... I, I can feel all of our international listeners being like, are you okay? And to that I say, no, no we're not. Not okay. <laughs> it's terrible. Ah, I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why we're angry. Um, yeah. And that's only some of our problems. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep this light. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, they they got some of their demands, not all of their demands. Um, but the silver lining of that situation was the local 25 chapter had grown from a few hundred members before the strike to over 20,000 members after the strike. And that is, I mean, that is good. That's a good thing to see that people are recognizing, like, it's important to work together, to be involved, to advocate for ourselves, and we are stronger together, and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, but you know, workers went back to the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory without many, Im- without having seen much improvement right. to their working conditions. Uh, so we all know where this is going. <laughs> March twenty fifth, nineteen eleven. Um, uh, so this is a few minutes before the end of the workday because of fucking course it is. <laughs> um, a fire For context, started. What is the end of the workday then? Ooh, that's a good question. Because um, if they're if they're fighting for twelve hours, 15, twelve hour days, that could be like eight, nine. It's PM. probably I I think it was it was probably more in the six to seven. Uh, what time realm? of year is it? February? Uh, spring. Spring, okay. So who knows what the sun is doing then? I don't know. It didn't say what time that was. Okay. Um, so, yeah, before the end of the workday, uh, a fire starts on the eighth floor. So that's the bottom of the three floors of the factory. Um, it was likely caused, uh, we're not sure the cause, but it was, we think, caused, I, I and the historians have studied it, um, uh, caused by a cigarette being thrown into a a scrap bin full of fabric scraps. That'll do it. That will do it. And you know the shitty thing about that is it was probably one of the foremen since it was uncommon for women to smoke at the time. Great. Cool. Management <laughs> once again. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, so within five minutes, the eighth floor was engulfed in flames. Jesus Christ. Five minutes. Um... Yeah, well, the workers obviously immediately knew that there was an issue and were trying to escape. They were trying to warn the workers. Oh my god, the doors them. are locked. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so apparently, uh, on the eighth floor, they were able to get through. They were able to get through and warn the tenth floor, 
but they had no way to reach the ninth floor and no alarms they could trigger because the doors were locked on the ninth floor. So, um, yeah, so they the workers push through trying to escape anywhere they can. There's, uh, there's like one staircase, but of course one staircase with hundreds of people is going to be an insane bottleneck. Um, there were, uh, there was an elevator and there are elevator operators that made re- repeated trips up and down um, heroically, saving as many people as they could. They saved at least 150 people. Um, and then the heat just broke the elevator. Um, uh, so eventually, uh, some of the workers on the 10th floor were able to ride down on top of the elevator uh, because they're, you know, just right. doing what else, whatever you what fucking else do you can. Do? What else do you fucking do? Uh, actually, that might have been the ninth floor because that was the one that was hard to reach. Um, I don't know every single detail of this. Um, doing my best. Um, so some of the 10th floor workers made it to the roof where they were rescued by NYU law students from the building next door. Uh, they had stretched ladders across the top of the building. Um, this was actually like a neat story from the NYU article like like they were you know in class and like heard the commotion or saw the smoke and they like ran up the stairs and like there were happened to be ladders hanging around from like painters who had left them there and they just like put them like you know jumping across the buildings style they just and they like oh those heroic law students they just saved uh, about 50 women Imagine that. how brave you would have to be mm-hmm. to be willing to walk across a rickety ass ladder. Yeah. If that's your only option between the burning floor beneath you mm-hmm. and this rickety ass ladder over probably presumably 10 feet of open space, 10 stories in the air, 11 stories yeah. in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're going to do it because that's your chance. Right. You know, you you'll do survive. whatever the fuck you'll do. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, their women obviously were, like, running to the windows, opening the windows, and shouting down to the street that there's a fire. Who jumped? How many jumped? That's going to be the next thing. You're going to tell me people jumped. I'll, I'll get to that. Um, yeah, there is one woman, uh, Irene Sivas, Sivas, who, um, she made trimmings for the shirtwaist, and she broke the window and... Um, and, you know, yelled fire down below. Um, and then people on the street noted, like, looked up and saw what was going on. And they were able to ring the street level alarm bells to summon the fire department. Um, so the fire department arrived shortly um, and, you know, started doing everything they could. However, their ladders weren't long enough to reach that high. Um, and so they brought out nets because, yeah, women are appearing in windows and when you can't go down the stairs and you can't get out the door, you're going to jump. That's what people do. And that's what they did. And they jumped and the fire department had netting and the netting broke. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so it was... I mean, that already would have been fucking terrible landing. Jumping yeah. 10 floors, mm-hmm. a human being, onto mm-hmm. an unsprung net. You're already yeah. going to shatter everything from your jaw down. Shatter everything. And, like, if you live, like, that's... 
you're in horrific pain. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's fucking horrifying. Um, there was a journalist there, William Gunn Shepard, and he's quoted saying, I learned a new sound that day. A sound oh my God. more horrible than description can picture. The thud of a speeding living body on a stone sidewalk. So, yeah. Um, even the fire escape uh, that didn't even reach the ground also twisted and collapsed, hurling more people to their death. Um, so the fire escape was inadequate? It couldn't deal with the number of people that it had? Nope. It not collapsed. enough lifeboats? It's, it's completely that. Yeah. It was just, we're not even thinking things through. Yeah, we'll do this as a courtesy, but like, we're not actually going to do the math to like figure out how this would, how this would actually go. Oh, they also had never had a fire drill. Um, there were no signs. No, like maybe if there was a sign, it was only in English, and not everyone speaks English. Perfect. Um, yeah, they were just utterly unprepared and like kind of like maliciously unprepared. Yeah. I would say too, because um, that is the insidious thing about capitalism is that it just workers lives don't mean anything to yep. the owners and that's why i said what i said about like you'd think you'd at least look out for your property because that is what historically um capitalists care more about than human life is their property um and yeah <laughs> so that uh was really terrible um i'm not gonna dwell too much on more on what happened um it, the fire lasted about 30 minutes in total are you which serious is insane it just like blew how many did it did it I mean, it must not have destroyed the building it didn't destroy the building it destroyed the th- the three floors the floors themselves survived intact but everything Around. in them was charred and destroyed um yeah no one who was in there still survived um you the only way you were surviving was if you got getting out. out. What's um, the number? 146 garment workers died. Uh, most of them were women. The oldest victim, Providenza Pano, was 43 um, and a mother. Um, the youngest two, Kate Leone and Rosaria Maltese, were 14 Fuck years them. old. Fuck yeah. everybody involved in wasting yeah. those women's lives. Yep. Um, and it took... Uh, nearly a century to identify all the victims um due in part to you know the they were just so charred and beyond recognition and also due to the fact that no one at the time really bothered to make a complete list um it wasn't until 2011 um that there was a finalized list yeah 2011 yeah in our lifetime yeah yeah just a few years ago um (laughs) 10 years ago uh yeah uh, so Michael Hirsch um, it was a researcher, and he he's the one that compiled all the victims' names. Um, and in 2011, they erected a memorial in in the Evergreens Cemetery, uh, Cemetery of the Evergreens in Brooklyn and Queens. Um, so you can go see that. Um, there are there is also um, uh, plaques and memorials to the victims in the building today. But yay, <laughs> they're still dead. Um, is there at least is there at least a court case yes yeah so i will i will get this is this is um uh what happened after um so the factory owners um blanc and harris um were 
or blank. I don't know which one it is. Um, we're indicted on several counts of manslaughter. Good. Um, but they're acquitted and Fuck. never paid a serious price. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is fucking the worst. This, well, it's not the worst, this, but this is capitalism. <laughs> this is, oh, it wasn't your fault. You didn't know. Um, Meanwhile, the, 143 people are dead. 146. 146 <laughs> people are dead. Yeah. Yeah. And working class people, like, you know, that's just... Immigrants and women. Immigrants, What do women their lives matter? Who are just absolutely instrumental in their families' lives, and their families just don't have them anymore, and it's awful. Um, yeah, Did, it... Was there any sort of, like compensation like a life insurance policy or anything i don't know but i'm gonna go out on a limb and say probably not yeah admittedly (laughs) it was a stupid question i think if there was anything like that it would have been a collection on the part of the union or churches or something not the people Um, who are actually actively at fault yeah usually in situations like this help comes from grassroots um organizations and that's historically the way the government wants it to be and another reason why our government sucks um because what what do we even need them for (laughs) at this point (laughs) they're not doing fuck all um and that's how jen became an anarchist um (laughs) it was always bound to happen oh this is uh okay um yeah, so at the time it was the worst workplace disaster in American history, and I am not 100% sure on this, but another source said that it was only surpassed um, with 9-11. I was thinking while you were telling me about this, and that's how I was like, oh, good, she's going to tell me people jumped next. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, these guys get brought up on charges, but they are a Acquitted. Yeah. And it's not even like it's no body, no crime. What On what grounds are they acquitted? Why were they not held to task? I think it's honestly, it's just like, well, you didn't know there was going to be a fight. Like, it's just like, well, you didn't do it. I know that's, like, that's what manslaughter is. Like, that's what it's there for. Like, you didn't mean to do it, but it still happened and people are dead. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they got acquitted. I just, it happened it because. And here we, we are. Protect we protect business owners that's the most important thing um because they're job creators um yeah so uh, but it did cause um it did cause a reckoning over building codes and workplace safety so there were good things to come out of this tragedy that didn't need to happen for people to understand that things needed to change absolutely um, so first of all fire stairs and sprinklers were they existed at the time, but were not used in the Ash Building um, or or most other factories at the time. Um, like I said, they had never conducted a fire drill. Um, and so in response, New York City and New York State uh, created commissions to investigate working conditions and public safety. Um, they passed 38 new laws related to um, uh, fire safety in buildings and labor laws uh, limiting work Uh, hours for women and children Um, I guess that's a good place to start Um, and they mandated better eating and bathroom facilities for workers Um, and of course this does strengthen the labor movement Um, 
the the International Ladies Garment Workers Union ILGWU held a memorial meeting a week after the disaster. Um, the union leader Rose Schneiderman said, uh, "I would." be a traitor to these poor burned bodies if I came here to talk good fellowship. Too much blood has been spilled. I know from my experience it is up to the working people to save themselves. The only way they can save themselves is by a strong working class movement. So yeah, we are still working on that. Um, and we still have a long way to go. Um, but that was, that was, uh, at least it was a huge wake-up call to people at the time. Um, it garnered a lot of sympathy for the labor movement, and it did produce change. Um, so hopefully we do not need to rely on a tragedy of that scale to make further changes um, to working conditions. But things are cer certainly still really bad, and we will put a pin in that for right now, uh, because we will get back to what's going on now in labor, in labor world, um, <laughs> our new podcast. Um, <laughs> but I do want to, this, as we always say, it's, this is not, this podcast is, will radicalize you in, into fighting for the working class. I hope this so, is, though. <laughs> Please do. Um, but this is, this podcast is haunted, and this song did not disappoint. Um, how for better it? or worse, I mean, how could it? Like, it's a huge fucking tragedy. Um, and the building, and the building still, still stands. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, for better or for worse, there's a lot of ghost stories <laughs> attached to it. Um, but that's what we're here for. So I'm gonna crack into that. Um, so like I said at the beginning, the Ash Building is now known as the Brown Building, and it is an active part of the NYU campus. Uh, the exact spot where the fire started is now a chemistry lab. <laughs> because irony. Um, irony. Now they set fires f on purpose. Um, Bunsen burners. Joke. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously over the years there have been numerous reports of ghosts in the building. Um, and uh, another thing that makes me kind of sad is that most of these are reported by students because, of course, they are because it's a school building who else would but be like there, yeah. can you imagine just like fucking stressing out about your chemistry lab <laughs> and you just oh those poor students i just want to hold them all and like hug them it's okay <laughs> like, it's okay all of a sudden you smell burning and you see a corpse ash oh i'm so glad i'm so glad you said that um oh my god is that what happened oh, jesus christ <laughs> go ahead uh, so students will often see figures that appear to be women leaping from the upper floors. God damn it. I hate is that. horrific. I, and I know it's, I know that the reason that I have such a strong visceral reaction to that is absolutely because of September 11th. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's a, yeah, the very famous photo of someone jumping and I'm sure most of you know exactly what we're talking about. If not, look it up at your own discretion. Um... I don't think you need to look it up. It's it's an incredibly powerful image. It's like, it's something, it's a, it speaks to the power of art in that every time I see it, like, it really just makes me stop and just think and just, oh my God. Yeah. I so, am forever grateful to my grade school teachers for not letting us watch the footage. They mm. found, the teachers found out that it was happening 
And rather than turn it on and let all of us be traumatized together, mm-hmm. they turned off all the TVs, all the teachers got together, quick huddle, no television mm-hmm. for the whole day. And they saved that little, those last few hours of our innocence. Mm-hmm. And I'm super grateful because I think I am less traumatized than some of my peers. Yeah, I don't think I actually watched it live either, um, come to think of it. Like, I, we were told. But I don't. I don't think they like wheeled in a TV or anything. Um, yeah. Because also that's. Yeah, it's. I'm not, it's I'm not 100% but that's why... sure we had cable access in that. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Woo. Being poor. Uh, yeah. Oh no no no, no. Like in the classroom, I meant like. Yeah, me too. It's just my community was super were... poor. We did not oh, have. Yeah. Right, yeah. We didn't have like. Yeah. You know NBC Kids or whatever. Yeah, you couldn't just like pop on Netflix on your kids these days. Anyway. Um... Right. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I'll stop making it about September 11th. Yeah, uh, it's just riding high in my mind. It, it definitely has a lot. It conjures a lot of the same images. Yes. Those for The desperations of people reasons. with bad options. When you're in a tall, burning building um, in New York. Um, yeah, so that's something that people see. Um, there's a story of a couple who were... Who kissed each other from adjoining windows before jumping. And they are they're seen um by students um just by students i don't know <laughs> um, like this is their ghost they the kissed ghost, before both girls jumped i don't i mean it doesn't say if they were both girls they might oh okay um, sorry that was me making a sapphic assumption how, you're yeah how, how dare you bring your <laughs> homosexual <laughs> assumptions here no i mean I, that was my first thought too and i honestly hope it was yeah. um whatever that's a weird thing to say anyway it's nice that gay people were, existed got even back then <laughs> before they jumped like that's if all you know we, yeah. if you know that the worst is coming wouldn't you rather go, have gone out kissing somebody you loved yeah yeah this is oh i'm so angry oh this is a real downer um yeah i'm sorry guys next no, no, week's no. is not gonna be better this is kind of my fault um <laughs> i was like yeah i want to talk about this and then i was like researching this being like oh my god yeah yeah um, so there's um, a woman who we know the name of Yetta Berger, um, an Austrian immigrant. Um, she worked at the factory examining finished shirtwaist for quality. Um, she worked on the ninth floor um, and jumped, breaking her spine in both femurs, but not dying. Oh my God. Right away. That uh, is cruel. It is absolutely the worst. Um, she was rushed to the hospital, but died of her wounds. Of course. Um, because obviously um is but it is said that you can see yetta walking down the stairs and onto the street to the spot where she fell leaving behind a heavy stench of smoke and burnt flesh yeah uh so the eighth floor has been repurposed uh to be classrooms and a library students have seen women fleeing down the hallways after appearing from nowhere in one of the bathrooms um just a real i don't know how you go back to studying after that <laughs> right that's a you i think that if you end up having to see one of the ghosts you get to pass the class mm, yeah i wonder how many times that's been used as an excuse i mean that shit is traumatic watching yes. somebody reenact their last terrified moments yeah like, like why mean, do you guys every... think millennials are so fucked up <laughs> yeah and gen Zers. um 
Yeah, like a lot of people, <coughs> a lot of people talk about, oh, my college is haunted. Oh, there's a ghost in the library. But imagine the ghost in your library is a, a victim of the sh- Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. Like that's, is almost laughable how like awful that is. Right. It's just oh, and, like okay. laughing at tragedy is what we do, but like yeah, all the time. Oh, just, we are. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, I feel like this one took a cheese grater to my soul. Like, yeah, it did. I do that to you so much. You I'm sorry. T- I'm like, this will be fun, and then you're just traumatized deeply. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Dear therapist. Dear therapist, Jen did it again. Uh, so yeah, students can also hear screams throughout the building, cause obviously, um, and apparently some will also feel the overwhelming urge to flee the building. Um, cause yeah, um, the ninth floor is thought to be the most haunted, cause sure, that cause those women was, didn't have a chance. Yeah, that's where most of the deaths happened. Um, there is a tall mirror across from the elevator, and students have reported seeing women in 1900s clothes being reflected in the mirror along with their own reflection, and sometimes the reflection will flicker as if they're like looking it's flames. through flames. Great, super yeah. great, perfect. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, door handles have been known to jiggle as if people are, you know, trying to escape. Um, and footsteps are heard running up and down the stairwells. And uh, this one I don't quite understand, but apparently lectures and study sessions are interrupted by the sound of crackling flames. I don't know, like, how loud or, like, is it, like, a roar? I don't know what's going on with that, but... Yeah, so that's what I have about the Triangle Shirtways Factory Fire. Um, one of those stories that you're like, oh yeah, that's a fun name, and then oh my god, that's what a fucking circus terrible. of horrors. Uh, Ferris wheel. Of I'm just so terror. fucking angry. I know. Oh god, it's just and it's... so little has changed, Jen. Mm. So like, okay, yeah. all right, all right. Here's a let's great. Let's get segue. into that. Let's get into that. So <laughs> let's talk about another current American strike that is happening right now. This is the Mandalas International Strike, which is also known as the Nabisco Strike. Nabisco's mm-hmm. their, like, kind of flagship overriding, but they're actually Mandalas in International. Okay. Um, so this strike began August 10th. I don't have a haunted component to this. I am actually just, just trying a, to radicalize people. This is just a current event. <laughs> yeah. So it began August 10th. It affected sites, uh, primarily the factory sites in Portland, Oregon, which is where it started. Uh, Aurora, Colorado, Richmond, Virginia, Chicago, Illinois, and Norcross, Georgia. Uh, There are others involved. The union that is striking is the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union, or BCTGM. Mm -hmm. Management is Mondelez International. So the reason that this company is striking, and I I want you to just kind of like keep a mental tally of like how many things the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire would have shared with this. I'm so scared. (laughs) Cool. So trying to squeeze more pay, I'm sorry, more hours out of their workers, but pay less overtime. Mm. Uh, They are currently working 16, 12 to 16 hour shifts. Weekends are mandatory. I'm sorry, what the fuck? Yep. Working six to seven days a week, 12 to 16 hour shifts each day. This is, this is exactly the same. This is not even any different. Yep. Yep. How is this, how is this fucking legal? (sighs) So Mandela's itself is having an incredible bumper uh, of pandemic money pouring in. 
um, because people are treating themselves to things like Oreos mm. while they are stuck in their homes. Uh, so they are having a 12% rise in profits over last mm-hmm. year. They have doubled their um, they have doubled their fiscal profits from where they were last fiscal quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strike, um, they also are working with an expired contract. The contract expired, um, of course I didn't write it down. The contract has recently expired Yeah. and, uh, they also are closing American factories to move the same factory operations to Mexico where they can pay their workers less, which is not only not fair to American consumers, It's also Mm -hmm. not fair to Mexican workers who deserve the same pay for the same work. Yeah. Um, And also they've taken away pensions. They had a pension program. That pension program ended a couple years ago. They rolled it over into a 401k, which a 401k uh, depends on market share. Mm -hmm. A pension is you get paid this amount forever until you die. That's the end of it. It is a much better thing for the workers. So they want their pensions back. Um, And then I think it's also pertinent to mention that their CEO makes $16.8 million a year. Fucking Christ. And, like, it's just the number of people who will just simp for CEOs and be like, oh, but that's all tied up in stock options. Like, it's not. Right. It's It's not. not. Jeff Bezos, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but he went up to fucking space recently. So, like, where did that money come from? Ask yourself if these billionaire CEOs can afford to do whatever the fuck they want. uh, It doesn't really mean that their money is all tied up in stock options. Exactly. That is a fucking lie that is sold to you to keep you from demanding that they pay their fair share in taxes and that they pay their employees fairly. That is a fucking lie and don't perpetuate it. Mondelez itself is worth $86.5 billion. So this company is making record profits during the pandemic and they are saying, oh, well, we need our workers to work these insane hours in these terrible conditions. Well, we don't know that their conditions are terrible, but certainly the 16-hour shift six to seven days a week is terrible enough on its own. It does not sound great. Now, Mondelez, um, since this strike has begun, they are down Guess how much they're down in terms of worth on the NASDAQ? Oh, I'm not going to even begin to try that. Six-tenths of one percent. Because people don't fucking care and there's no working class solidarity. Yeah. So, uh, Mondelez has brought in replacement workers, also known as... Scabs. Fucking scabs. However, in just a little bit of silver lining bright news... Uh, railroad workers, which is a unionized position, have refused to, ru- to move Mondelez products. Electricians mm-hmm. and plumbers will not service their plants because those are all unionized jobs. Good. And so I will say, talk- I will say, like, just briefly, like, scabs, it sucks. It sucks that they're undermining the labor strike. Yep. However, I will still have more solidarity with the people who are thinking, you know what, I just need a fucking job. Yeah. Than I will with the the company owners. So that like being said, a light like fuck you scabs, but right. like fuck the the company more. Like absolutely, that's, absolutely. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> no, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I don't have a whole lot of patience for scabs, but you're right. They are victims of the same situation. Um, People need jobs. Like that's the fucking thing. That's that like what the, that's what to. keeps this th- this whole fucking shit show going. Is mm-hmm. that people need jobs because rent is high. 
Rent and, is high. And healthcare is high. It's expensive. Yep. And like you just at the end of the day, you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice your morals because you're hungry. Yep. Because your kids need food and a roof over their head. So like that's just that's it's sad. Anyway. As much as that is sad, one of the things that we can do, even though you and I are not gonna be likely to be taking up these factory jobs, hmm. we can at least not buy Mondelez products. So I'm just gonna briefly give a couple all right, I have like 16 name brand products that you should Just not purchase. Yeah. I didn't, I, need a... I didn't even write them all down. I wrote down the American ones that I was familiar with. Okay. Uh, I know some of them are international, but the big one's Oreo. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, we're not buying Oreo right now. No Which Ritz. Which is real terrible because I fucking love Oreos so much. <laughs> no Ritz crackers. Okay. No Newtons, also called Fig Newtons. Mm-hmm. No Chips Ahoy. Mm-hmm. No Chips Ahoy Tob- sucks. I'm just going to say that. But not that it matters, but it sucks. Fair. Uh, no Toblerone. Ugh. No Cadbury or Dairy Milk. Okay. No Belvita. Oh. No Halls, the throat drops. Mm-hmm. Honeymade uh, graham crackers. Fucking forget about it. Okay. Trident gum. We're done. Gum also sucks. <sighs> Trisket crackers. Mm. Milka chocolate. Ooh. That one hurts. Yeah. Philadelphia cream cheese. Ooh, shit. Sour Patch Kids. All right. Tang. (laughs) Okay, that's not a great loss. (laughs) And Wheat Thins. Okay, shit. So we are not buying those things. I'm not buying those things. And that sucks because your girl loves a Fig Newton. Um, Mm. But yeah, fuck that shit. I do not. I don't cross a picket line. Neither Mm -hmm. should you. Yep. And also, it's just, that's another fun thing to realize, like, Oh, isn't capitalism supposed to breed um, innovation and competition? No, it's just three companies yep. that own everything. Yep, so. that is super true. All right, Jeffrey, do you have a listener story ready to roll? Oh, shit, I don't. I know, I also forgot. I just realized. <laughs> hey! I never do. Why would I do that? Okay, this one is nice and short, and it sounds less soul-sucking. Yeah! Hell yeah! Okay, we need something... To bring us up from this. Um, so this one comes from Cassie. Thank you, Cassie. You are going to be the wind beneath all of our wings. Yeah, curious home, Cassie. Yeah. Uh, Cassie says, hi, Jen and Kate. My name is Cassie. She, her. Feel free to use my name. Thank you so much for putting all of that right up front. We really appreciate it. <laughs> um, and I love your podcast. I started listening when the pandemic started last year. Oh, well. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you for keeping me entertained and sane at work while the hospital I work at became insanely busy. I am oh, so Cassie. sorry and thank you. I hope you're still safe, girl. I hospitals in America, well, I assume you're, mate, you're in America, but regardless, hospitals during a pandemic are not a great place to be. And I hope you're safe and sound. Yeah. And please get vaccinated. For the love of God, everyone, please get vaccinated. I want this to be done. Um... I want to start back to Cassie. <laughs> I want to start my story by saying that all of the women in my family have what my mom calls second sight. Ah, oh, love it. yeah. We love it. We love like witchy, like matriarchal past, like generational talent. We love to see it. Um, basically, we all have an affinity for the paranormal and supernatural, which typically manifests in being able to contact past loved ones in our dreams. Oh, nice. That sounds chill as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
That sounds nice. Um, it is definitely the strongest with my mom in that she can also feel when there are spirits around and can tell whether or not those spirits are angered. But my sister and I also both have had paranormal experiences. The story I wanted to tell you actually involved my niece, who was just three at the time. My sister and her daughter had been in her room playing with my niece's dolls. Just your standard Barbies, not the super creepy ones. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, (laughs) Love a a good creepy doll. Uh, Suddenly, my niece started looking behind my sister and asked her, Mommy, Mommy? Who was that? <laughs> For this, the purposes of this quote, it's uh, she's a Victorian uh, English child. <laughs> Mummy, who is that tall man? <laughs> My sister didn't see anyone, so she asked, "What tall man?" My niece replied, <laughs> again in her uh, Victorian orphan voice, "The tall <laughs> man standing behind you." <laughs> I needed to bring up the mood. I'm sorry. Um, Apologies to your niece. Um, Of course, my sister didn't see anything, so she just brushed it off, and they went about their day. She mentioned it to me and my mom, but we both just thought it was the overactive imagination of a three-year-old. Classic beginning of a horror story. Yes. (laughs) Is that your imaginary friend? Yes. She appears to me in the mirror. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's me improvising the song for a story. Um... Uh, do, 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 do. Mm. Okay. About a week later, my mom was watching the kids at her house. At one point during the day, my niece pointed to a picture on the wall and said, Hey, that's the tall man. <laughs> my mom had forgotten about the story and asked her, What tall man? Again. Uh, my niece told her, The tall man in my room. <laughs> the picture that she was pointing at, pointing to was of my great grandpa who had passed about 15 years ago. That's sweet. That is very cute. Um, yes. Yeah. Creepy as hell when children are see things, but like it usually ends up being family, which is Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Uh my great grandpa's spirit is one is the one that used to visit me and my sister the most when we were younger, so it's comforting to know that he is still hanging around to watch over the next generation. It's also fun to know that the second sight has continued on as well. That's oh, cute. that was Oh, that's some practical magic. I really needed that. Uh, She says, sorry, that's not a scary ghost story, but thankfully I have only ever had one. I have only ever had positive experiences with the paranormal. I'll try to get my mom to sit down and write out some of her experiences for you. She definitely has had some scary ones. Stay spooky, motherfuckers. Cassie. That was so. Oh, that was exactly what. Oh, serendipity was with me. Oh. Perfect. Oh, that was so good and beautiful, and we needed that. Um, so thank you, Cassie. Uh, that was a beautiful story. Um, if you have a story, we we need a good refresher of stories. I, I know there's still some in our in our mailbox, but they are increasingly getting buried. And um, so yeah, if you've got a story, send them our way. Uh, we would love to hear it. They can be spooky. They can also be wholesome as heck because Absolutely. we need some good feel goods ghost stories. <laughs> Yes, yes, that was fantastic. Uh, Speaking of wholesome stuff, just it just occurred to me, um, I should probably say that like, I'm fine. I went the whole (laughs) summer without getting hospitalized. Yeah, I had chemo last week. I'm doing just fine. 
Uh, yeah, it's the chemo. It's it's okay. Yeah, it's it's very light chemo. I'm okay. I, I we probably should have started off the episode with that. It's just become such a non-issue that hey, it just here. didn't even occur to me to care. <laughs> yeah, no, season, I'm fine. Season six, Jen does it with Kate's ghost. <laughs> yes. Jen's got to whip out a Ouija board every time to talk to me. And no. I'm super good at it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm okay. Mm. Uh, I still don't have a kidney transplant date. I've got a couple surgeries upcoming, but everything is very well managed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, You're feel free to keep me in good? your prayers and vibes. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not having the throat issues anymore. I can breathe. I don't You have oxygen. a new dining table. I do have a new dining I table. I have eaten off of it. It was lovely. It was created by my friend Stephen Powell. vaccinated. Powell Woodworks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can only come over to my house if you're vaccinated. Sorry, them's the rules, because I don't have white blood cells. So. Uh, and not sorry, full offense, if you're not vaccinated, and could be, qualifier, if you can be vaccinated and you're choosing not to, full offense. <laughs> I honestly, like, I, I can't keep that energy anymore. I don't, I'm too tired. Like, oh, I, I mean, I'm not actively seeking these people out. No, I'm just, I know. like, removing them from my life. Wouldn't that be fucking <laughs> hilarious, though? Like, Jen Voss, vaccine hunter. <laughs> Ooh. I wish. Um, I just don't have the time. I'm I'm mm. too tired and I've got shit to do. Like dialysis yeah. still takes 25 hours a week. So, um, yeah, no. But seriously, I just want I I want everybody to know that I so appreciate your good vibes and prayers and everything you've put up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing okay. Everything mm-hmm. is mostly okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will keep you posted as the season goes on. Uh, I do have a surgery planned in the next couple months here. So yeah, we might have to take a short break. Uh, I know Kate's going to try not to, but I'm not going to podcast with you from the hospital. Why? I'm not going to do it. I got the nurses to agree. Uh, If you can get a nurse to agree to leave you alone for two hours, that's huge. I am very uh, grateful to them and impressed, but no. Yeah, Um, I did lightly bully some nurses into agreeing to leave me alone for podcasting last time, and then Jen bailed. Yeah. No, I didn't. No, no, no. I didn't bail. I said we are not doing this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's bailing. That sounds that's like the not classic bailing. definition of bailing. That's I was all not... set to go. You're... I had research done. I was doing. We're not going to fight about this. <laughs> First off, it's not a fight. <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah. That being said, it's okay. We are nurses. doing. We are doing our best to uh, keep you know keep alive. the show going and keep you alive. And I will sometimes. Keep your interests in mind and uh, shut you down when you think you can keep going. I can't. No, it's fine. I understand. No, it's it's probably somebody and I should know, be my mom. I know everyone is behind me on this, so I appreciate you, listeners. You guys for need to be on my understanding. Team. I would just like to remind you that I'm Stop the sick one. It. Stop it. No. Uh, <laughs> we no. We really do appreciate everyone uh, for sticking with us through this. Um, you're you know you know it's a horror show um we hope you're safe and well yeah and that the pandemic is doing okay please remember the pandemic is not over be safe wear your mask Mm -hmm. yeah so uh speaking of listeners who are great um let's thank some we we have some new patrons uh we apologize that if you if you get in in the summer you have to wait a little while for your thank you shout out yeah but um, oh, also speaking of Patreon, I just realized that I can like notify everyone when we post a video. <laughs> so I apologize that I wasn't doing that before. No, it's cool. We're learning. We're learning. I'm not the best at this, but I we really do appreciate you and and any shortcomings on our fault on our part are not from a lack of appreciation. 
Very Just true. a lack of know-how. <laughs> and uh, as always, we are deeply grateful to Danny, best editor in the world, who keeps us mm-hmm. going. Yeah. So we have some new patrons. Um, uh, Olivia Weiss, thank you so much. Um, uh, we have uh, a, not a not a name, but a, a username, Bat002, uh, edited their pledge. Um, thank so you. thank you for uh, chipping in a little more. You you wanted to see those sweet, sweet videos, I know. Um <laughs> <laughs> we did make some fun ones over the summer if you haven't seen them yeah a little um, more lighthearted than today's episode yeah yeah so if you want some like fun halloween themed slumber party vibes uh check out our patreon um lena wright uh is a new patron so thank you thank you lena. and uh renee labuda oh hey thank you, thank you. yeah uh, we appreciate you so much. If you want to find us on Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash this podcast is haunted. And like I said, we do videos for our $3 a month patrons. They are mostly very silly, but we do also do like uh, somewhat like mini podcast stuff like on different topics. Yeah, not necessarily so, always the paranormal. Uh, but In fact, rarely the paranormal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we have many interests, and we like to talk about them. That's right. It's uh, it's more of a learning club. Learning than club. Else. So we, yeah. I did fully copy that from my friend Chelsea. So thank you, God Chelsea. Bless Chelsea. Um. Yeah. So we've been going for a while. Um, yeah. We should let everybody go. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, Jeff, what do we say at the end of every episode? You can find our social media below in the description. And stay spooky, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>